Welcome everyone to church. Welcome everyone to Mosaic. Um, if you were a part of the community dinner that took place last night, I just want to say thank you to all of the volunteers who put in time to make that happen. Uh, if you don't know what that was, in our neighborhood, actually, we have over 100 families now who take part in the food pantry ministry, uh, families who are food insecure and do need help with providing um, enough food for their families. And this food pantry that we partner with, um, they are just a wonderful, amazing ministry that we get behind. And yesterday, we celebrated uh, what they've been doing all year long uh, with their leader, Joanne. And I found out yesterday that in just this year alone, that they were able to deliver over 10,000 meals to families in this area who really needed that help. And if you came yesterday and put on that amazing event, um, I just want to say thank you uh, to all of you, uh, because it was such a blessing for me just to be there with you all. Um, we're about, we're one week away from Christmas. And um, I just want to, to remind you that Christmas is a great time to invite your friends and family and coworkers, neighbors to Christmas service. Um, in my neighborhood, uh, my friends are asking me, Dave, is your family going to a Christmas mass? Um, I get that question nowadays. And so they are asking and wondering because it is an event that people do. They go to a Christmas service. And so if you have friends, family, neighbors, and coworkers, it's a great time to bring them. A lot of preparation is being made for next week. It's going to be an amazing worship. We're going to baptize new believers. We're going to baptize babies. Our minis are going to giving, be giving a great presentation um, to all of us. And so it's going to be a grand time of celebration. So please invite those uh, who need to be here uh, for that. <clears throat> but today, uh, we're actually going to start with a Christmas prophecy leading into Christmas. Um, if you don't know what a prophecy is, uh, before the Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes, there's all of this, these, there are these whispers in Scripture about the coming Messiah um, in the Old Testament. And we call those whispers prophecies, the foretelling of the coming Messiah, who's going to be Jesus Christ, uh, who has come. And when you take a look at these prophecies, they could be uh, surprising because Mm, they're pretty expansive. Uh, when you look at them, if you were to ask a Christian, uh, what is Christmas to you? They would probably say it's the celebration of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you ask them, well, why, why is that such a big deal? They'll probably say because Jesus Christ came to save us from our sin, to forgive us of our trespasses and bring us new life. Um, and that's absolutely true. Yes and amen. He has come to bring us forgiveness of sin. But when you actually take these Old Testament prophecies and you take a close look at them, it is surprising because there's so much more than just the forgiveness of sin. We just sang um, O Holy Night, not O Holy Night, what's that song? With uh, uh, Joy to the World, Joy to the World. And one of the, the lyrics goes, uh, let the hills and uh, let the fields and floods, rocks, uh, hills and, I messed that up. I don't know how it goes, but it's talking about nature. Um, Fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. <laughs> and it's talking of, that's not the forgiveness of sins, right? That's something more, something that comes as a result of the forgiveness of sins. The Christmas prophecies are really amazing because they talk about a wholeness that comes to us, a shalom that comes to all parts of our lives. There's a breadth to what the, Jesus, what the Lord Jesus Christ is bringing and as you look at that, you start to see, wow, Christmas is actually about this outlandish vision about 
the renewal and renovation of all things in our lives. And I want to ask you today, like for real, I want to ask you guys, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because Christmas is this message that with the coming of Jesus Christ, there's this inauguration of a new reality that has come to our midst. And even those, and I know many of you are keep Jesus in, or keep Christ in Christmas kind of people, even for us, it's hard to believe. And so today, I want to confront you with this prophecy over and over again and ask you, can you actually still believe in Christmas if Christmas is about all of this that we see in these whispers? And so if you have your Bibles, let's open up to one of these prophecies. It's Isaiah 11. We're going to look at the first 10 verses of Isaiah 11. And I really ask you to take your time to, to really digest this as I read it. Isaiah 11, let me start at verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and the faithfulness the belt of his loins. And listen to this part. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. The weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. And in that day... The root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. This is the word of the Lord. It's quite a prophecy. It's quite a prophecy. And my question to you is, can you actually still believe it? Can you still believe in Christmas? If that's what Christmas is, uh, can you still believe in Christmas? We'll explore that together. We'll take our time and we'll digest it together. But let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to help us as we receive Isaiah 11 together. Father, we ask you, Lord, to open the eyes of our hearts because the prophecy that we read, um, it's big, it's surprising, but I pray that today, help us not just to understand it, but I pray, give us conviction by the Holy Spirit to see what it means for us. And so give us this. Give us this because it is our inheritance as your children. Give us this faith and the eyes to see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Christmas prophecy. It's a lot um, in there, but as we look at this Christmas prophecy, I see three things um, in here and kind of an outline for what the prophecy is. And one, we see a revolution against the reign of men. 
a revolution against the reign of men. And secondly, you see this righteous Messiah who's promised. And as a result of this righteous Messiah, you see the third thing, which is a, a completely renovated reality that is promised in this Messiah. So let me take you through that one by one. Let's go to verse one again. This is what it says. Uh, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. To understand this stump of Jesse, you kind of have to go back one chapter to chapter 10. And when you go back to chapter 10, the context is that the prophet Isaiah is giving a prophecy about Assyria. And if you know anything about Israel's history, Assyria was one of the uh, most formidable uh, armies that they had to face. Uh, it was an army from the north, a scary, devastating army that came down from Assyria and completely devastated Israel. And after they devastated Israel, they took them captive. And in the midst of all of this going on, Isaiah in chapter 10 gives this prophecy that if Assyria is this mighty forest, right, what God is going to do is God is going to come and actually cut down this forest so that the visual here is that these mighty oaks are kind of bowed down to the Lord. And that's the prophecy that he gives. And he promises that he'll do that for his people. And all that's left is this field of stumps, right? Because he, he cut all the forest. And so there's this field of stumps. That's chapter 10. And then as you transition to chapter 11, it says, now one of these stumps, the stump of Jesse, from that one stump, there's going to be this little shoot that comes out of this stump. And it's going to go whoop, like this. And from that little shoot shall come the mighty reign of the Messiah of God. That's the Christmas prophecy. It's an amazing, amazing prophecy. Now, this is talking about Assyria, but it's talking more broadly about the power of men. Assyria represents the way that because of the rule of men, there's chaos and destruction in this world. Um, there is devastation because of the way men and women have under sin run this world. And what God is saying is he's bringing judgment to his people. But from all of this, he gives this prophecy that there's going to be a stump, the stump of Jesse from where the Messiah comes. That's an interesting way to put it because we know that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, he's not really identified as the seed of Jesse or the son of Jesse. We know that he's identified as what? The son of David, right? Have mercy on me, son of David. David is what indicates that he is the Messiah. He's the one that confirms that he's the Messiah coming from the line of David. Now the line of David, the line of Jesse is the same thing. Jesse's his dad. And so why call it the stump of Jesse and not the stump of David? The reason he's doing that is he's making a very strong point here that what God is doing in light of Assyria is that he's going to upend the way this whole world works. He's going to redo the power dynamics in this world. He's highlighting the obscurity, the smallness of the coming Messiah. You see, Christmas is like that. Coming from obscurity, this Messiah would come. And so he doesn't say the, the throne of David or anything like that, because this is not about one powerful nation overthrowing another powerful nation. This is about the redoing of power dynamics altogether. That when the Messiah comes, everything is going to be turned around. And from the stump of Jesse, from obscurity, from nothing, is going to come the reign of this Messiah. You see, Christmas is the announcement and inauguration of a brand new reality that has come to our world through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The ushering in of a whole new reality 
Um, if you think back to the song we just sang, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, right? A brand new start, the changing of everything through uh, the shifting of power dynamics, a revolution against the rule of men. And it's going to come through this righteous Messiah. Read verse 2 with me. This is, he, this is him right here in verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, is the Messiah, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. What's going to make this Messiah so different is that he is going to be only, only um, under the spirit of God. And that's going to be his guide. You see, we've never seen a politician, you've never seen, I've never seen, you've never seen a politician, a king or a ruler who doesn't have allegiances, who doesn't have favors that he's got to pay back, who doesn't have a human agenda. None of us know a ruler like that, a political leader like that. And despite how passionate you might be about your political party, if you look under the hood of your political party, you're going to see allegiances, favors, agendas, all under there. But the prophecy here is that there will come one day a Messiah for whom there is no favor that he has to dole out. That he doesn't owe anybody, but he's going to be purely led by the Spirit of God. Read verse 3 and 4 with me. This is what it says. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. That's what makes the difference. Verse, four says, verse 3 says, He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness. He shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Here is a leader with no partiality, that he doesn't vote always in the way of black, white, Asian, Democrat, Republican, slave or free, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor. If you know in the song, Joy to the World, in other words, he says, he rules the world with truth and grace. He rules the world with truth and grace. The reason he can be so impartial is because his delight is in the fear of the Lord always. Nothing can sway him because he only cares about the fear of the Lord. That's what guides him in all that he does. And we saw this um, as Satan leads Jesus into the wilderness and he tempts Jesus with quite literally, he, he, he tempts him with the world, right? Bow to me and I will give all of this to you. He tempts him with the whole world and we see Jesus unswayed by Satan because he's not swayed by the rewards of men because he's here merely for the fear of the Lord, following the spirit of God. That's the righteous ruler that is promised here in this Christmas prophecy. Now, where I really want to focus is what happens when we get this righteous ruler. What is the result of this Messiah who comes? And that's when, when you look at verse 6 to 9, this is the... He brings an outlandish, almost completely renovated reality because he is this Messiah. And I want you to read this with me. Read verse 6 to 9 with me. It says, As a result of this Messiah coming, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full 
of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the seas. I have little kids and my second daughter, uh, Sophia, she loves animals, right? Loves animals. She's fascinated, captivated by turtles and penguins and, and ducks, anything, bunnies, deer, right? She even, in her bed, she sleeps with like all these stuffed animals. So every time we put her to sleep, we have to put all the stuffed animals so that she could sleep with all of them. And she quite literally, she sleeps with a lion, right? She lies down with a lion, a stuffed lion. But we know as adults, the true reality of the animal kingdom. You and I know that the animal kingdom is a vicious, ruthless place. For some reason, my Instagram has picked up that I like animals. And so when I go, when I go to my Instagram reels, it's like almost all animal stuff. And it's not just animal stuff. It's not like cute cats or kittens or whatever. It's vicious animal stuff. I guess it's picked up for some reason on the fact that I like watching this stuff. And I've seen some amazing things. And I saw this one video. It's pretty brutal. I saw this one video. um, And it was like, you know, when you're on the Instagram reel and there's like an eye with a, it's crossed out saying, you might not want to see this because this is, you know, sensitive material. I clicked it. I I want to see it anyway. (laughs) I want to show it to me. And I clicked it. And it was this video of this baboon eating this baby deer. And I didn't even know baboons ate deer. But there's this video of a baboon eating this baby deer and tearing it limb to limb. And the worst part, the worst part is the mother deer is standing there watching this thing and she's shaking but can't move because she's just, you know, she's paralyzed by her baby being torn limb to limb. And even though her life is in danger, obviously, because of the baboon, she can't move. She's just shaking there. Um, We know the reality of the animal kingdom. And we know what it's actually like. Now, was this baboon doing this because this was a particularly evil and sinister baboon in the animal kingdom? No. It was just a baboon being a baboon. It's its nature. It's its inherent nature. It's birthed into its genes. The call of the, the prophecy of Christmas is that one day there is going to be a Messiah who comes, who actually changes the nature of nature. There will come a one that will allow the wolf to lie with the lamb. You see, what king can do that? What king can actually change the nature of a baboon? No king can do that. No politician could do that. All they could do is administrate it, divide it, organize it, put cages on our zoos. But here will come one who will actually change the nature of nature, the Messiah of God, who doesn't just work with the ingredients that he's been given in this world like everybody else, like every other president, like every other king merely has to work with the ingredients that he's been given. But here will come a Messiah who will bring new ingredients into our lives and our reality. He is bringing a renovated reality by actually changing the nature of nature. Now I want to ask you this. Is this really about animals? Is this really about wolves and lambs and goats and leopards? Isn't this prophecy really about you, 
You see, the Christmas prophecy is that Messiah would come, and there would come a Messiah who could actually change the very nature of men and women. And that's what makes it different. Is this really about goats? Isn't this about your nature? Isn't this about your habits? Isn't this about your dad? Isn't this about your child? Isn't this about your husband? Isn't this about your wife? Isn't this about your life? That the very things that we believe can't be changed in our lives. The prophecy of Christmas is that one will come who can actually change the nature of the very things that we've given up on a long time ago, and we said, he's never going to change. He's never going to change. It is what it is. We like to say that, right? It is what it is, and nothing can happen. You see, that is the anti-Christmas, anti-gospel of this world. No hope, no change. But I want to ask you, can you still believe in Christmas if this is what Christmas is? Can you still believe in the advent of a Christ, the inauguration of a Messiah, if that message is that he comes to bring the actual change of natures? He comes to make his blessing known as far as the curse is found. Can you believe that? How jaded are we? Or can we actually believe in Christmas again? Because that's what the message is. Sometimes it's hardest to believe that about our own lives. You know, when we talk about the kingdom of God, sometimes we picture that Jesus is going to inaugurate the kingdom and bring in the kingdom. And for some reason, we're on some hilltop and we're watching Jesus do it. And he's coming and he's bringing his power and he's changing everything and he's vanquishing political enemies. He's reversing global warming He's bringing nations together and he's wholesale cleaning, cleaning and healing every sick person on earth. And we're just watching and we're going, wow, so cool. But actually, what, what the Christmas prophecy tells us is that it actually begins with us. In Luke 17, 20 to 21, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. He's saying two things there. The Pharisees ask, when is it going to happen? When is the kingdom of God going to come? And he uses the present tense. And Jesus Christ, he says, you're looking at me in the face. The kingdom of God is come. That's Christmas. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, right? He's saying the kingdom of God is coming now with the advent of a baby in a manger, divine, right? That is the advent. Things have already started. But secondly, it's not going to be something you observe all the way over there. Maybe peace in the Middle East or maybe something far away. He says, don't you understand that what Christmas means is that the change is starting inside of you. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. If that's what Christmas means, can you still believe in Christmas? If it means the renovation of your reality, my brothers and sisters, if that's what Christmas actually means, can you not just tolerate Christmas, but can you actually believe in it? The coming 
advent of a Messiah who brings change. I think it was harder to believe uh, now. It's harder to believe now than when we were little, right? When we were little, it's easier to believe in things like this. But then we grew up and we learned about Assyria. We learned about how corrupt systems are. We learned about how deceptive leaders can be. We learned about all the bad things in this world. And we've become jaded. And so it's much harder to believe in the Christmas prophecy now than it was decades ago. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today that the Lord is come, that he is come. You know, the end of the 20th century was the most miraculous century for the church and the spread of the gospel in all of history. More uh, widespread and deep than even the book of Acts, than the first century, we saw an unprecedented explosion of the gospel in the underground Chinese church. We saw the gospel spread in parts of Africa like never before seen in all of the world. My brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God is among you. It is among you. Now, can you believe that it can also be in your marriage, in your family? Um, Sophia gave a performance at her school this week, Christmas performance, and the song was Go Tell It on a Mountain. I don't know, this is such a cute one. Go tell it on a mountain. I'm not going to sing for you guys, but (laughs) over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Okay? Now, as I was listening to that performance, I was wondering, but is he born everywhere? Right? Because that was the song. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. That true renovation can happen if Jesus Christ is born into your family, into your habits, in the sins that you haven't been able to get rid of for so long, the prophecy and message of Christmas is that Christ is born into that place. The friendship that you think is too far gone to revive, the habits that you think are forever ruined, the family member that you could never forgive, Is Jesus Christ born there? The advent and inauguration of a Messiah who brings renovation to every place that he is born. That's the Christmas prophecy. Can you still believe in Christmas? My brothers and sisters, this is what I think we need to come to terms with face-to-face today. That, you know, I think Christians, we could get a little bit proud And we go after materialistic people and we say, oh, you materialistic Christians think Christmas is all about buying things, but we know that it's about Jesus. Do we? Do we know what he's really bringing? Do we know what he's saying that he's come to do? When you read Christmas prophecies, you begin to understand that he wants to be born in the places where we believe that he can't change What are we going to do with Christmas? And what are we going to do with our belief that an eternal, glorious, limitless God came to lay in the hay in the form of a baby, worshipped by shepherds, sought out by magi, angels singing in the heavens, and you don't believe that he can change your habits? What are you going to do with Christmas? 
What are you going to do with Christmas? That the prophecies of a thousand years can converge on a single Jewish family and bring the king of glory into the world through immaculate conception, and yet you don't believe you can change your spouse. What are you going to do with Christmas? My brothers and sisters, the Lord is shining light into our darkness now, into the places where we least believe him, where he's not born yet, in our lives, Christmas is coming. Because John puts it this way. John 1.5, he says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's his way of explaining Christmas. New reality inaugurated into our lives. If we actually are able to receive Christmas, then that means that we have to participate in the renovation that this Messiah is bringing. That's what it means to believe in it, to actually believe that a, a, an Advent Messiah is changing things. To have truly believed in that, we would participate in it. A long time ago, there was a man who came to the pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem. And there were these five porches around this pool, and everybody believed that these uh, waters at Bethesda could heal people. And so lots of people, lame people, blind people, crippled people, would make their journey to Bethsaida, hoping for change. But this is, a funny thing happened. All these people came, believing that they could be changed. But when they didn't find change, they created a community there. And they started to live together. And it made it more palpable to live together, because you might have been the only blind guy in your town, but now there's 20 you might have been the only one lame in your town, but now there's 30. And now there are all these people with afflictions who are living together at Bethsaida. And they made it real comfortable to live there. And instead of hoping for change, they found a home in hopelessness. Does that sound familiar to you? Instead of believing for change, believing in an Advent Messiah, they instead made a home in hopelessness. In what part of your life do you do that? Jesus finds this man who's laying there and he asks him a very simple question. He asks him, do you want to be healed? Do you want things to change? And this man is staring up at the Messiah, the promised Messiah of Isaiah 11, the one who would come and bring change, the promised one. And he looks at Jesus and he just says, I can't. I can't. He says, I can't do it. Every time I try, I fail. 38 years I've been here. And every time I try, I fail. Now that wasn't the question. But he just starts talking about the impossibilities of this. Because he doesn't see the Messiah in front of him. And we can't blame him because he came from the stump of Jesse. He didn't look like the Messiah. In Isaiah 53, 2, it says that he had no form or majesty that we should look at him. In essence, why would you look at him? Why would you think that he's the Messiah? Christmas is like that. Why would you think that this Christmas, anything's going to change? This Christmas is going to come and go. And many of us have very little hope that anything can change. That's the obscurity of the stump of Jesse. He had no former majesty that we should look at him. And so he looks at Jesus and he says, I do want change, but I can't. 
Because the very nature of this healing is I have to climb into that pool and I'm crippled. The nature of the pool, the nature of my legs, how am I supposed to change that? The innate nature of how this is set up, how can I change that? And he looks at the Messiah and he sees impossibility. My brothers and sisters, the advent of the Messiah is that he has come not just to help along the people who are almost there, but the Christmas prophecy is that he's come to upend everything. He's here to especially help the things that can't be done. But he looks up at Jesus and he says, I can't. Jesus says something to him uh, really interesting, though. He doesn't say, believe. Instead, he says what? Pick up your bed and walk. What is he saying? If you believe, participate in what I am doing. Participate in the renovation of all things that I'm bringing. Pick up your bed and walk. Now think about the faith that it requires for this man who's been lame for 38 years to pick up this bed and walk. That for the first time in 38 years, he's going to put his full weight on his legs and believe that his legs are not going to snap. He has to believe that. He has to believe he's not going to humiliate himself in front of everyone. He has to still believe that he even remembers how to walk after almost 40 years on the floor. And Jesus says, do it. Pick up your bed and walk. Participate in what the Messiah is bringing. My brothers and sisters, the Christmas message is that the advent of an inaugurated reality has come. Do you believe in Christmas? If this is what Christmas means, can you still believe in Christmas? If it's not something that you just tolerate for a season, but can you actually believe in it, pick up your bed and walk. In what areas of your life do you need wholeness? And can you believe that a Messiah has come to be born into those areas, that Jesus Christ is born? I want to share something to you as we close. Um, you know, I have a strained relationship with my father. We don't really talk. Um, we really haven't had a real conversation in a long time. And I think it's been about 10 years since we had a one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversation, me and my dad. But the Lord is doing some things in my family, and uh, he's re he reached out to me to meet up. And, you know, I don't know if I fully believe that things can change. And yet I was preparing for this sermon and doing Christmas reflection and enjoy to the world. It says this. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. And I looked at that, and it's saying, don't let thorns fester anymore. No more let sins and sorrows grow. Why? Because Christmas. He's come to make his blessings known far as the curse is found. In my life, the curse is with me and my dad. And uh, we're meeting up on Tuesday. And so I have to, you know, lean into this message myself. 
and receive this message myself. It's a huge step of faith for me um, to believe that God can do something, right? I think for some of us, we think that the most immovable force in all of creation is a Korean man, right? Um, and yet, Christmas, right? And yet, Christmas. And so when he texted me, um, I was thinking about this message, really receiving it myself, I guess, and I texted him back. This took all the faith that I had in my life. And I texted him back, I love you, Appa. I know we haven't spoken in a long time, um, but I still love you. I'll see you Tuesday. We'll see. But I stand here with faith that the Messiah has come to make the wolf lie down with the lamb, that he's bringing wholeness and I guess as I received this message, I was thinking, how can I preach this message to Mosaic and not see Christ working in my own life? How can I not believe that the Advent Messiah has come to reach me in the places where I feel nothing can change? That light has shone into the darkness. That's the message of Christmas. Light has shone into the darkness. Will we receive it? My brothers and sisters, can you still believe in Christmas if that's what Christmas is? That an Advent Messiah is coming to bring change. Please pray for me. Tuesday. Um, But also, please pray for yourselves. What about you? What's your thing? Where does the Christmas Messiah need to come in and bring a renovated reality? I pray that this week you receive that message that he's come to make his blessings known as far as the curse is found. I pray that as you receive that this week into your hearts, you also, brothers and sisters, pick up your bed and walk because he has come. Let's pray. Let's close together. In the song that we're about to sing, it says, Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Glory to the newborn king. Can you believe it? Can you receive it? I pray by the Holy Spirit that you would. And that as you receive that, you would pick up also your bed, participate, walk with the Holy Spirit, because the Messiah has come. It's for real. Let's let him be born into those places where it's dark and the light needs to reach. I just want to invite you to spend some time with the Lord, receive that in your hearts, and to receive the powerful message of the Advent Messiah in your life as well. Let's pray together.